welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by nobody. Uh, welcome into <laughs> Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I kept saying, don't say presented by, don't say presented by. And then I said presented by. Uh, coming to you live from Studio A in our West Loop of uh, West Loop Studios uh, here in downtown Chicago. Uh, hazy downtown Chicago. Bet you guys said that all the other three days that I was here. Uh, welcome. Sean's in. back, everybody. I'm back. Uh, welcome in. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ekron 23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We are coming to you live after a White Sox winner, 9-7, and a series split in L.A. Sox win 9-7. Wasn't pretty, but they win. They scored a lot of runs somehow. somehow. They uh, didn't hit many balls very hard. They struck out 16 times. Uh, not exactly what you would call an offensive clinic, and yet it results in one of their higher run totals of recent memory. Uh, a whole lot of singles in the, th- in the third inning. They kind of singled their way to a six-run third inning. Outside of that, they didn't really do much. They got a couple <laughs> there late in the ninth, but... Um, Hey, they'll take the win. I'm sure of it. Because guess what, Sean? They're only four and a half games out of first place in the American League Central Division. Not behind the Twins, but behind the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, I guess you don't want to be the first place team in the American League Central because it just means you lose, Herb. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think it's a big time win for the White Sox because of how they did it. Going down how they were, like four to one, Lance Lynn looked horrible. Absolutely horrible. And then the offense finally picked up one of their pitchers who was struggling. And from then on, Lance Lynn settled down and didn't give up anything else. So that's a big time thing where the offense has not really picked up the pitchers. The pitchers have picked up the offense time and time again this year. It's good to see them pay him back a little bit. And uh, Lance has some beers to pay for in Oakland tonight because he was not great in the first two innings. I I got you. I didn't know what you were saying there. He's got he owes the team beers because yes. he sucked. Yeah, I don't know what sucked. He was just I mean, not good. <laughs> he gave up three home runs and the White Sox win. Yeah. That seems pretty all right. I the mean, first two innings were not good. No. Solo home runs. So they got White Sox. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first two innings, uh, I mean, the Hunter oh, Renfro one. Double two-run home run. The, the Hunter Renfro was a two-run yeah. home run. Two solos oh, and a right. two-run shot. Yeah. Um, And that, that inning was real rough for him because the uh, – Forget the who's the catcher Wallach? No, that one's Thice. Oh, Matt Thice. Uh, he walked, so then that made it the two-run homer, and that was a. He's playing. A, he's playing at the rate later this year, right? Vanilla Thice. Yes, Vanilla Thice. <laughs> <laughs> next me, next month, I think. Real right? close. That was about that, to. I was about to spit that out. That Real commercial's close. weird too. The 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 '90s commercials weird too, and the Jake Owen ones weird too. They picked the worst song in the history of the world for that Jake Owen. Maybe Jake Owen only concert. has terrible songs. Maybe. That's what I think. But it, like you said, it sounds like a self-parody. Um, we'll talk about the pitchers needing to be picked up by the hitters, especially in these next three games coming up later on in the show. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Lance, it was a tough outing. But even Jason said, I think this is the most swings and misses he had since or outside of the 16K game. So I feel like that – that 16K Lance was still in him today. We did see a couple twirls, a couple possible middle fingers as he's walking off the mound. I think that what Lance showed today was exactly what they need out of 2023 Lance. He's not going to be 2023 Dane Dunning, and it seems like a lot of people want him to be. Um, But what Lance is is going to eat up 100 pitches 
each and every start. And maybe he won't give up a home run. Maybe he'll miss some bats. But he does seem to at least be battling every single start. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the ERA does seem like a little more inflated than how he is actually pitching. He's pitched better as of late. I think the last couple starts, he's only given up three earned runs today with the five earned runs. It's a little bit reminiscent of what he did earlier in the season. But as we saw later in the game, he settled in and he struck a lot of people out. I think Jason and them pointed out, and I think, Vinny, you did too. Like, he's throwing strikes and he's getting them to swing. Now, if those balls are staying in the park or if they're getting uh, caught by Sebi, it's a different thing. But he was executing his pitches a little bit better late in the game. And he made Shohei Itani and Mike Trout look pretty silly. Now, the Mike Moustakas of the world, man, he can't see that guy at all. Or Mickey Moniak, leadoff home run. Like, those things are going to happen. But his buckaboo with the left-handers, it's just a weird thing. I think 16 of the 22 home runs he's given up this year have been against left-handers. Because that cutter just plays right into their their swing path. Well, Sean, you talked about kind of maybe readjusting expectations for what they should expect from Lynn on a regular basis. I think it's too soon to maybe do that. This is still Lance Lynn. This is still the guy that the White Sox paid to to be a top-flight starting pitcher, and you know that that's in him somewhere. You saw him strike out 16 guys. You've seen him have some good games along the uh, along the way. This was not one of those good games, and really, if you're readjusting your expectations to say, okay, if he, he maybe he can give up five runs, but if he goes six innings, it'll be okay. Well, we've seen from the White Sox many, many times this year that five runs is, is, a, is a total for the opponent that is not going to be able to be overcome. So Lance Lynn certainly expects us of himself to be much better than he was today and I think the White Sox and, and White Sox fans should expect him to be better than he was today too and just like I asked you last night with Lucas Giolito I'm sure Lance is going to be like huh you know team one fine I didn't pitch well but I settled in team gave me the runs and now I'm good I'm fine I'm fine with the results of being a winner today instead of we give up five and we come up five to three short I feel like it just when Lance loses an at-bat, though, it just goes horribly wrong for him. I mean, you mentioned 22 home runs, and, like, you go to the, Mon- the Moniac at-bat where uh, he ends up hitting a homer. Uh, Lance misses first pitch of the game, uh, forcing fastball, and then just tries to get a strike over, and I guess Moniac's just sitting all over it and just hits the hell out of it, right? I mean, that's just probably poor pitch selection, not changing up the looks, um, and then just elevating the same pitch a little bit more to a lefty. Like, that's a tough pitch to make, but again, like, probably one that you'd want to have back. And then against Moustakis, just he was pitching outside, 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 and then finally goes inside and gets completely burned. There's there's a reason that that, uh, pitching coaches constantly talk about the importance of starting off an at-bat with a strike, because Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it can lead to stuff like that. That's the advantage in this chess match when it goes to the hitter, and that's, that's not what you want. What's the one thing that I was working up to that is in common with every single one of those at-bats? Ball they one. all started with ball one. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's just, I mean, uh, the one with Renfro gets down 0-2-0, uh, uh, and he hits it a mile. Um, there was no doubt about that one. <laughs> with, it was only the complete it was opposite stay. of Sebi Zavala. Yeah, only if it was going <laughs> to stay fair. That was the only thing I was worried about, but it was way back in the in the stands there. Were you pointing at the, the walking Shohei thing? Yeah. It was From a smart, our guy Brett? I mean, I didn't think they would do it. They did it. It was smart. Uh, Mike Trout hit a double, I believe, and then... It was up in the air whether they were going to go and walk Shohei Tana. I thought it was a no-doubter, and they, of course, did it. It was a smart move by Pedro, smart move by uh, all the people involved in making those decisions because there's no reason, as we saw in the ninth inning, to ever pitch to that guy if you don't need to. 
they had to pitch to him in the ninth inning because you don't just want to put him on and put Mike Trout at second base just willy-nilly. But I would have thought about it because that man is a different animal. He's a different person. Like, as I was talking about earlier, being the best player in the baseball as Mike Trout was before Shoei started up, and now you see your teammate surpass you. Like, not even come to the same level. Shoei's up here. Mike Trout's here. And that's not a, a slight against Mike Trout. Mike Trout is probably going to go down as one of the best, if not the best. But Shohei Otani is just doing some things that are unbelievable. We're just in awe of what he does. Seven home runs this year alone in seven games versus the White Sox. Well, again, a game I missed, 10 strikeouts. I mean, you mentioned that. Like, he's got seven home runs against the White Sox alone. Yeah. Um, 10 strikeouts in a game yeah. against them. And also, this home run was his 14th of June, which was the most of any angel in, I think, any month or at least this month alone. In any month. Any yeah. month. And he broke his own record. And, and it, he broke his own record. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like, I mean, Trout, Trout can compete for that record. He can't compete for, you know, striking anybody, guys, any guy out mm-hmm. uh, unless he's, you know, pulling a Yermin Mercedes here. Shohei Otani against the White Sox this season. Here you go. Here's the, here's the sentence that's going to make you go go Wow. I mean, you said it already, but I'll, I'll just yes, repackage it in a new sentence. Seven games. He had seven home runs against them. And in those seven games total combined, he struck out more White Sox than he hit home runs <laughs> against them. Dumb. That's just dumb. That's awesome. Oh, I mean, it's every single night with him. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And it's like, I know he's done this for three full years now right because 2018 wasn't really it was mostly just him getting acclimated to major league baseball and then he had to deal with tommy john um he's already the greatest baseball player ever i mean it's not even really fair and and i was talking to chris our one of our sales guys like it just feels like now every single baseball player is going to train to be shohei otani like, well, we, heard we, him, we have to see this we heard more him, and more, right? Yeah, I mean, we heard about it the other day. I forget who was talking about it on, on a broadcast or something, but what it is was, up until now, you had to pick. Yep. When you're a, as early as you being a high schooler, you know, you had to pick. What are you going to be? You're going to be a pitcher? You're going to be a hitter? And you and that's all you're going to work on for the rest of your baseball playing life. And some guys work on it and become amazing at it, but they were pretty good at the other thing, too. Um you're going to start seeing more and more kids not not having to pick because they're going to go, well, Shohei Otani can do that. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going until I can't do until I can't do both anymore. And, you know, you hear so often about, you know, guys who get drafted in a late round or signed as a 17 year old out of a, you know, the Dominican or something like that. They're signed as a pitcher. They're drafted as a pitcher. And then some injuries happen. And it's like, well, all right, why don't don't you, why don't you catch or why don't you, you know, go play the outfield or something like that. And some of those guys make their ways to the major league. And it's like, you just wonder what if they hadn't, what, what if that player had come up doing both? Does he not maybe get the injury because he's not overworking himself on the pitching side or something like that? So, um, you're going to see Shohei Otani. I, I believe I used the word last night, Herb, game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to change the way baseball players play baseball. Um, just wait 20 years until, and, and see all the kids who grew up watching Shohei Otani and their development was different than it would have been five years earlier because of Shohei Otani. I mean, think about this. Remember Hunter Green, the Reds pitcher? Yeah. He was drafted as a hitter slash pitcher. Mm-hmm. They're like, nah. 
you're just the pitcher. Now he's in the road rotation. I think Brendan McKay Brendan from the McKay. Tampa Bay Rays, I think he up until last year was doing both hitting and pitching. But it's really hard. I mean, think about before this year who you thought were good hitting pitchers, like Michael Lorenzen, uh, maybe a, a, a – Dude in um who got cut I forgot his name already, um, Ma- Madison Baumgartner like oh, those right. are the the good hitting pitchers that you used to see in the past. Matt Davidson, Brooks Keishnick, Brooks the Keishnick, yes. <laughs> Matt Davidson the other way, yeah. Carlos like, Zambrano, like those are good Zach hitting pitchers. Bill, he's doing that and then going out and striking out ten White Sox, which is you know not that hard to do, but still he was looking phenomenal the other day, and just ends the game with a nice flourish. Yeah, but the big difference is you know you were bringing up guys who. They were they had those changes made after they became professionals. Mm-hmm. Think about you know the vast majority of, of kids who are having those changes made when they're in high school or when they're in college. Yeah, uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole different world now for for kids who are coming up uh, now and into the future. It's gonna be you're gonna look look up in a couple of decades and you're gonna see a lot of kids who who did wanted to be like Shohei and not just wanted to be like either Mike Trout or Justin Verlander. You know, they're like, well, why can't I be like both of them? <laughs> uh, and there's also uh, like even in the world uh, college baseball World Series, uh, Jack Caglione. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, from Florida. For Florida. He's a sophomore. He's pitching and, and, and hitting and doing all the stuff. And he's a lefty. So but I mean, think about that. Like when he gets into one slump either way, like a Tommy John on one side or just bad at the plate, they're going to say, hey, focus on this or that. I hope they don't. This greatness is what we need to see. As Vinny says, I want kids to shoot for the stars. And if they don't get there, they're at minimum, they'll still be major league baseball players as a hitter or a pitcher. But I want them to try to go for the Shohei level. And I, I'm glad that kids will be inspired by this, kind of like kids are kind of inspired by what Steph Curry was doing and how they brought the three-point shot into focus and being the best three-point shooter of all time and shooting from like the the logo that's where kids are doing now that's where kids that's where the game is going right now some kids will struggle and fail and do way too much some kids will reach for the stars and come to the league and be jordan pools well it's gonna take it's gonna (laughs) damn it's gonna take a hell of a lot of work though (laughs) that's the thing as we'll move past herb's slam but uh it 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 takes a hell of a lot of work right because Mm -hmm. it takes a hell of a lot of work to be a good hitter, a, a, a good enough hitter to make the major leagues. It takes a hell of a lot of work to be a good enough pitcher to make the major leagues. You got to do that times two in order to be Shohei Otani. I mean, it should it should um, give you another level of appreciation of what he's doing, not just because, wow, he has the talent to hit a home run that far. He has the talent to go strike out 10 guys in the game, but he had to work to be good enough to make the major leagues as the best at both of those That's things. Absurd. And yeah. I mean, even just look at Lance Lynn. I mean, Lance Lynn's had that taste of greatness. We saw his phenomenal 2021 and uh, right uh, where he finished fifth and Cy Young, third, uh, third and Cy Young. Um, and we see, you know, now he completely falls off in 2023. And, you know, it's not like Lance Lynn's not working as hard or whatever as he as he was working in 2021. It's just really tough to be good at baseball. And, you know, Shohei Otani's just flicking the wrist and hitting 14 home runs. Yeah, and the most impressive <laughs> in the thing of June. in that home run that he hit in the ninth inning, I think it was 0-2 pitch. And Lance, um, Kendall Graveman throws a slider that's on the bottom of the zone. And Shohei just one-hands the ball foul. You know, it's a, a pitch that he's fooled on, and he's still gets the bat around and fouls it off 
most players would have done what Yasmani did earlier in the game where he does this sword swing where it's way late. The catcher's got the ball already walking to the uh, dugout and and um, Diaz is swinging at the ball. That's the greatness of Shohei Itani. As you said, he works at the game. You don't get good at hitting home runs by not also recognizing where the ball is going and hitting it and fouling off a pitcher's pitch. Well, and two, like the the second strike that he he, he swung through was a, a forcing fastball at the top of the zone. Um, and then after the foul ball that you have, he takes a pitch that's very similar to the same exact one that he struck uh, or that he swung through uh, for strike two. And then Graveman makes the mistake basically on that pitch instead of leaving it a little bit lower in the zone, a little <laughs> bit more outside. It's just right down the middle. And uh, he, he, he takes it out. to. And I can't imagine Kendall the Graveman, rocks out there. when he hits that, he's like, well, how do I get this guy out? And that's why he throws that pitch. He's like, I'm just I have to execute a perfect pitch. And if He's I don't, pitch to him. it's going to be grown. Yeah. It's going to be the 29th home run of the year. It's insane. Um, is he going to be in the home run derby? I wouldn't want him to be in there. Why? He's been in it before. I don't oh, he is? He has okay. done it before. And he didn't fare super well, I don't think. I That's think he might have been out in the first. I want Luis Robert to win it. That's why. If he ever He's not going to be in it. God damn it. Well, we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, why don't we take <laughs> our first ad break here? Uh, then we'll talk about... The upcoming series, it's obviously a big one for the Sox. Uh, again, as Vinny mentioned a little bit earlier, four and a half games back now in the AL Central. Uh, Minnesota is 40 and 42. Cleveland's at 39 and 41 after they lost today to the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Detroit sitting at 35 and 45, four games back. And the White Sox, 36 and 47, 11 games under. Here we come. And four and a half games back, baby. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll talk a little bit about Luis Robert Jr., uh, maybe some White Sox representative, re- representation in the home run derby and then we'll talk more about michael kopech but herb take it away sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore discover and purchase a wide array of high quality products sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs no matter where you are on your cannabis journey each easy online ordering and on in-store pickup great transport great transparent loyal program Sunnyside Rewards. I don't know why I'm struggling this read. That's You're doing weird. a great job, her. Thank you. Illinois' favorite dispensary from city to suburbs, Wrigleyville to River North, right behind me. Champagne to South Beloit. Sunnyside House of Brands include Mindy's, the best-tasting gummies and chocolate edibles created by James Beard Award-winning chef Mindy Siegel and Cresco Labs. Good News, which makes the Friday, which I enjoy. Rechargeable vape pens and carts, perfect for great moments with the crew. Or Cresco, reliable, excellence, cannabis, consistent quality, Experience, availability of flower vapes, concentrates, and pre-rolls. Herb, do you know what I heard is uh, some good news? What is it? And an athlete that's made me feel good this week? Who? Luis Robert. And the good news, he's a White Sox. Yes, he is. That's it. He's your friendly reminder that Luis Robert is on the Chicago White Sox. Oh, my God. It's good. I mean, we talk about Choi, but we got Luis Robert, too. Through August, head to Sunnyside.shop. Do you know what Choi can't do? Catch the ball like Luis Robert. So take that, Choi. Through August, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use the code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois med card holder. Don't combine those 25% with any other offer, please. All right. Thank you, Herb. Um, I don't think we should challenge Shohei Otani to do anything athletic. I feel like if you put him out in center field, I think he'd probably win a gold glove. He's fast. I know he's fast. I know he's, he's athletic, but athletic. He's, he's a DH for a reason. 
Yeah, because he's a pitcher. That's, that's exactly what I was doing at. He's, he's a pitcher. All right, all right, all right. Not that he sucks or anything like that. I'm Put sure if the they open. had the National League rules back in the day where the no DH, he would be dominating right field or center field somewhere. And, hey, White Sox time. This team makes me uh, makes you want to smoke. Hey, uh, you know? Smoke? Two-game win streak. Sunnyside. There you go. Making you feel good. Uh, anyways, uh, let's move into our uh, next partner. Uh, AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrition to support whole body health. Uh, I drink it every single morning. It's a great routine to get in your vitamins. It is uh, all... Uh, it is all... <laughs> it's a really effective daily habit with high quality source ingredients uh, and it also costs less than three dollars a day so it's a win-win it is better than a cold brew habit um, and it replaces your multivitamin probiotic and in mo one more simple set one more simple step it a drinkable habit um, you can cover your nutritional basis for the day uh, and it won't be easier than uh, trusting ag1 just mix it into uh, one scoop of water and drink it the first thing each morning done you take care of yourself and it's a comprehensive solution uh, for your supplement routine uh, try ag1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free ag1 travel packs with your first purchase go to drinkag1.com chgo socks that's drinkag1.com chgo socks for a comprehensive solution for your supplement routine check it out again ag drinkag1.com chgo socks um, see her we're not all you know Dandy and sparkling on our ad reads. No, you know, it's I terrible. I mean, I could, I could fumble no, that. No, um, it was terrible on my part. Mercy. But uh, hopefully people saw that sunnyside.shop should go there. The products, Especially the Wrigleyville one. It's my favorite one. The products are great. Uh, Connor thought I paused so long that his computer froze. I'm sorry, folks. Um, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be driving in traffic. Honestly, like, that oh. kind of freaked me out, too. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, I, I froze it's, myself. No, you know. it's a new read. I don't understand. Yeah. Sometimes these words just get stage jumbled in. Yeah. Exactly. Just to get a little shy sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, wh why don't we uh, go to DraftKings uh, Player of the Week? Because uh, we mentioned him a, a little bit. Luis Robert. He didn't do anything today. He's um, terrible. He is terrible. <laughs> uh, he did do something today. I guess he stole he two bases in the ninth inning. I guess he didn't homer. <laughs> um, so he did nothing, and he's dead to us. Um, wow. One, one hit, two runs today. Um, and as Vinny mentioned, uh, stole uh, second base. Or stole, uh, yeah. Yeah, stole second base uh, and then stole third base just with ease and then overran the base. And Herb's like, get back. He, just, he was just <laughs> chilling. He's like, they ain't throwing over here. I'm that good. <laughs> uh, but our DraftKings, uh, king of the game and player of the week, uh, Luis Robert this week, seven games, 29 at-bats, 10 hits, five home runs, seven RBIs, a 345 mm -hmm. average, a 376 on-base percentage, and an 862 slugging. And this is uh, from oh. uh, yesterday to the 21st. So over the past seven games, he's just been red hot on fire winning player of the week uh, honors for uh, MLB uh, really impressive stuff and you know he was fantastic today um, you know you look back at that that ninth inning and it just feels a little bit more uh, important we see the the stolen bases from Robert and we see the triple from Andrew Vaughn I mainly bring this up to just say that Andrew Vaughn tripled it's true he did it was fun. A rare mistake by Mike Trout. He ran as fast as he could. I mean, we saw early in the game, Mike Trout, ho-hum, home run robbery of Andrew Vaughn. And then Andrew Vaughn, as you put on it, revenge, revenge. season. Yeah, it's, it's Gets revenge. a triple because uh, Mike Trout dives to try to get the ball, which was the right move because if he does, if he, you know, gets to get the single, the run still scores. I think it was a real. He was on, but Robert was on third base. Doesn't the run still score regardless? Right. <laughs> it does, but you get the run out. I mean, you get the runner out. Sorry, my bad. 
Yeah. Sure. So he dives and tries to make a great play, as Mike Trout was wont to do. And Andrew Vaughn says, no, my wheels are good. I'm going to go to third. I thought he's only going to get to second. He's, he's, I doubted his wheels. My bad. You know, I mean, he might not be gifted with the most speed, but he has the most heart, I feel like. And I just love seeing Andrew Vaughn <laughs> run. Um, but More heart than Zach Remillard? Well, thank you for bringing this up. So Theo oh. uh, in the chat said, can Remillard continue to hit 400 for the rest of the season? Uh, we're we're going to get to uh, the home run derby in just a second. Um, but this is just reminded me of the Otani conversation because I had the thought and then it fleeted. Uh, but what would be more impressive? <laughs> Luis Arise for an entire season hitting 400 or Shohei Otani just doing uh, a normal thing and not being injured at all? Hmm. That's a good question, actually, because now Otani has, like, changed all our minds to making this the expectation. Like, of course Otani's going to do amazing things every of, time he steps on a field. Of course he's going to have a sub-three right. ERA and hit 50 home runs in no, a season. Nobody's hit 400 in a season since the 40s. I mean, that's <laughs> that'd be pretty amazing. But uh, I mean, Shohei Otani did this last year. Right. Yeah, he won MVP two years ago. Come on. <laughs> Uh, that's a good question, actually. You know, I, I think you'd obviously have to celebrate both pretty highly. I think at the end of the day, Otani is still doing something that no one has ever done before. Um, at least Luis Arise would say, well, at least Ted Williams is keeping me company. But uh, uh, that would be pretty amazing if Arise could, could hit 400 for a whole season because it's just, man, it's just impossible to do. And that he's doing it is incredible. Yeah, it seems like Zach Remillard's coming for his title. He's sitting 400 right now. Well, Zach Remillard's not going to be a qualified hitter by the end of the year, so hmm? hate to break it to you. Not if he leads off every single game. They're looking for a leadoff hitter. Are they? I don't know. <laughs> I think they have one. Uh, yeah, they have one. Their leadoff hitter's been doing pretty well. Got the day off today. Got to relax until the ninth inning where he came in to stop Mike Trout from getting a double. <laughs> um, which, which, in turn, kind of messed up the game because if Mike Trout gets a double in the ninth, they automatically walk Shohei Itani. So thank you, Andrew Benintendi, for ruining everything and also making me cash a lot of money. There you go. That's And, and the White Sox still win. So, I mean, Andrew Benintendi probably, I mean, we see all the suspensions in the NFL. I mean, Andrew Benintendi probably had a, some coin. He thought he had the day off, you know. He's probably just making, he's, making he's, sure Otani came up to the I don't plate. know if you saw him. He had his button down to, like, the middle. He was Eloyan out there. Oh, man. Yeah, I was like, that's probably, he probably just put that some bitch on. He's like, oh, I got to go out in the ninth inning? Put somebody else out there. <laughs> Cliff is good. Let him stay in this punk Cliff, ass out Cliff, there. Cliff Frazier. Cliff Frazier. Cliff, Cliff Fra whatever his name. He just got here. Cliff. Cliff Frazier. You've got cheers on the mind, obviously. Yeah, Cliff yeah. Jackson, out there. Jackson Cliff Frazier. Um, it's like, why do I got to go out there? I'm a $75 million man. I was chilling. Yeah. Uh, let's move to the uh, home run derby, though, because I saw that Julio Rodriguez was announced as the first participant of the home run derby. Uh, and then sense. today with it being in Seattle. Um, and then today I saw that Vlad Guerrero Jr. was the second participant, and I got all excited, and I said, oh, all these young stars in the American League are in this derby. All I want is Luis Robert Jr. to be in here. And I tweeted out, announce Luis Robert Jr. next, and then Vinny had to rain on my parade. I guess you did. I mean, you I did. mean Luis rained on your parade, not me. Right, so, Luis, just, you're dead to me, Luis. I was more so the cloud. Luis was the rain. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, last week he was asked because, you know, I, I think we've brought up a few times now that – question I asked him about playing in the all-star game and what that would mean to him and of course that was followed up with oh well would you be in the home run derby I mean I believe he still ranks second in the American League in home runs it's a you know a logical jump um and he said no he doesn't want to be in the home run derby he doesn't really think of himself as a home run hitter uh you know stereotypically uh, at least that is um or as he put it someone who only focuses on home runs and he says he doesn't think he'd be very good at it which um 
is fine. You shouldn't have to participate in the home run derby just because you hit a lot of home runs during the regular season. Um, you know, there's a lot of fans out there that I'm sure are doing the whole, oh, I'm so glad he's not playing in the thing, you know, uh, just because it has had a tendency to mess with guys' swings over the, over the long time that it's been going on. Personally, I think I would always want to see my team's favorite players participate in a nationally televised event like that. But, you know, I've always had a lot of fun watching the Home Run Derby. But, uh, hey, he doesn't want to do it. So uh, don't make him. (laughs) I mean, I'm sad because I want to see the prodigious power that he has just go off on those juice balls in that stadium. But he doesn't want to do it. And he's probably seen players like I think Bobby Abreu is one of the most famous ones where he won the home run derby or at least did a great job at the home run derby. And then his numbers were all right. But I think they fell off a little bit in the second half that year he was doing it. So um, that was 18 years ago. Was it 2005? 2005? Yeah. So Luis Robert was seven. He was watching it. In his <laughs> you think he was house. watching Bobby Abreu? I love. Do you Bobby think he Abreu's. knows Bobby Abreu's second half stats in 2005? <laughs> I, I, bet he doesn't. I bet I he doesn't. I bet he doesn't. I'm looking him up now. The Phillies are the fa- my favorite. That's how he sounded in Cuba, and he spoke wow, English really high too. Voice. And he spoke English too. Oh. It was weird. Uh, that was the year where they did. Uh, it, it was, was Comerica, in Comerica right? Park, yeah. and that was the year where they did eight different eight guys from eight different countries. Uh, every oh, okay. participant was from a different country that year. Any I reason? remember that because Hesop Choi was in it. Any reason in particular? Just do they just, just wanted to be change international. It up. Yeah, they okay. just wanted to change it up. I mean, Bobby Abreu wasn't bad in the second half. No, but he, uh, they said that seven eighty seven OPS. Yeah, but the way it was in the first half. Well, uh, he had six homers, so maybe that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, six homers in the second half. In the first half, he had eighteen. OPS was 955. Yeah. Okay. And so that's what they're like. I don't want to be that guy. But I think since then, we've seen. um, Judge said something. Huh? I think Judge said something about his swing being messed up. I can imagine that. But. Pete Alonso seems to want to do it all the all the years. Well, mostly because the money he won, I think, was more money than he was actually making at the time <laughs> in salary. So he's like, baby, send me back. That was the Cleveland one in <laughs> yeah. 19, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. Listen, it's fun, and and I I, th- I would say that some of the best baseball moments that I've watched over the last several years have been in things that weren't regular season games that count or playoff games that count. I mean, we talked on end about Otani versus Trout in the World Baseball Classic earlier this year, but those back, to, I believe it was was it back to back or maybe two in two years, the home run derby where Todd Frazier one in Cincinnati. Yep. And the home run derby where Bryce Harper won in Washington, which I was actually there for, which was really cool. Uh, those are two of the coolest th- baseball things that I've watched in recent times, just because you've got the, the home the home team player going up in this thing where it's it's like, you know, punch for punch. You get to walk it off. You get the crowds going crazy. The atmosphere at at, in, at Nats Park, um, that would have been what eighteen, yeah, I guess. Fifteen for Frazier, eighteen for Harper. Yeah, and then watching Frazier do that in in Cincinnati, uh, those were awesome. He was a White Sox awesome. at the time in the Washington one, right? Or was he not? Frazier? Yeah, I know he was a Cincinnati guy. Frazier was wasn't in in the one. in twenty sixteen. He the next year he was a White Sox. Yeah, and he so was he defended it. his crown in sixteen. In sixteen, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, when he won in Cincinnati, I know it was he was gotcha. a he was a red because he flipped so, the bat. He was nice. Yeah, so he's the last he's the last White Sox to hitter to be in it. I forgot that he had 40 home runs with the White Sox. Yeah, he did. No wonder, hey, no wonder Hawk went down there. I'm gonna go check out. And, and Frazier <laughs> then would have been the first since Canerco in 02. 
Mm. That a, We've looked that this up. that big of a gap? Um, Since they participated in one? Yeah. Mm. I'm looking I would it think up. so. Um, but I would, like, I know Frank won one home run 90s, derby. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think the White Sox, their history is too good in those home run derbies. So we looked this up before, but uh, George Bell, right? Or was he a Cub at that time? 1991. Um, Frank Thomas in 94. Carlton Fisk in 85. Um, Jermaine in 2006. So okay. I guess that's the most recent one since Frazier. Uh, Canerco in 02. Frank Thomas in 95. Frazier in 2016. Okay. So yeah. S- S- Frazier. Sporadic. Frazier. Die, Canerco, a bunch of Frank Thomases, Carlton Fisk. Gotcha. But the only ones since the since the turn of the millennium have been Canerco, Die, and Frazier. Yes. Wow. Um, so, no Luis Robert Jr., but currently tied for 15th in home runs is Jake Berger. He, he wants might, to do it. He might want the money. He wants to do it. Uh, in that same interview, the next question to Luis Robert was, but should Jake Berger do it? And he said, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he'd be a fun one to see in there. I would think that Aloy would be fun to watch in a home run derby as well. Um, but, listen, they usually go for star power when they can get it. So it uh, would not surprise me to see some bigger, flashier names uh, to fill out that field. Yeah, Berger would be a fun name. Though. It would, but that's like no one's checking for Jake Berger except for us. No, no one the round led Jr. and Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, like, people are two stars people. right there. Yeah, like Jake Berger's hitting in the two teens now. No one's looking for him, and he's not hitting enough home runs to where you like he's got to be the guy. He's not the second place guy. Now, if there's a l- bunch of players like Luis Robert that's like, ah, I'm good. Jake Berger can get a, a invite, sneaky invite at the end, of the, like the last second injury replacement type of thing. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't. I don't see Shohei doing it. I don't know if Matt Olson's going to do it. Um, Solaire, Mookie Betts. Solaire, yeah. Solaire would do I it. I could definitely Solaire. see Solaire doing yeah. it, okay. and I could see him hitting some massive bombs. Alonzo makes sense. He's third, and he's got 24. Um, I don't know if he said he, he's retired from it, though. Um, Adelis Garcia, I mean, he would hit monster shots. Um, Devers it now makes $300 million, and that probably puts you out of doing little home run derbies. <laughs> um, Acuna? Mm, that would be so great. Right, but I, I, just, I don't know if any of these guys... I absolutely love that guy. Any of these Dodgers, J.D. or Max Muncie, Albies has 18, Trout has 17, Jordan's hurt, and then Jake Berger. I mean, he's not... Like, it will take a lot of people. To, I'm guaranteed they will pick somebody else with fewer home runs than Jake Berger, and just because he has a more of a national name, maybe a New York guy, a L.A. guy. And, you know, that's okay. This mm-hmm. is a made-for-TV event. Yeah. Like, this is not, uh, you know... It's that some some folks, uh, you know, get all up in arms over the All Star Game. Oh, he deserves to be there. This person doesn't deserve to be there. Blah blah blah. The home run derby. I'm not, I'm not really listening to any of the he doesn't deserve to be in the home run derby arguments. Like mm-hmm. you like put whoever the hell you want in the home well, run derby. I mean the All Star Game. <laughs> as long as it's there's fun. There's people that don't belong to <laughs> as be long starting. As it's fun. There's one guy I think I'd have an objection at being in the home run derby. Oh God, here we go. I'm not even. I don't even need to say his name. Here we go. You oh. brought it up. Oh. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> that, does that count? Because we know what you're saying. 
even though you didn't yeah, say the we're name. Gonna, I'm gonna. Say, we're getting dangerously close to me just booing you every time you do <laughs> Please that. Do people are already mad at me on Twitter? I can't change oh my. God. I can't change my uh, oh opinion apparently uh, on on that topic. Uh, so we'll see. Oh even God. though he's now uh, major league average for a, a hitter. Um, anyways, uh, let's take a quick break uh, before Vinny starts booing me. Um, it's comed time. I didn't even think about oh. this. Uh, my bad, folks. Uh, we, we're gonna have com- a comed read for you. We're gonna have a, a, a foco read for you. We're gonna have a shady rays read for you, folks. Mm-hmm. It's gonna mm-hmm. be a nice little time. I am a bad host, and I didn't tell my co-host. Actual question. Not that I want read. you to do this now, because now I am yeah. ready. But actual question: Could you just read those in any order you wanted that to, or are they? Is it strict? I, no, I can, is it a strict order? I can. I, I mean, they, they just. This is the order that they they give. Sure. So I don't want to really. I rock wonder what the, the rules are. Rock the cash bar. <laughs> All right. Mm. Is that? It's the Clash. Yeah, yeah the Clash. Yeah. Mike, it's a, it's one of a my band. F- it's the Clash. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Do some homework. One of my favorite bands. Oh, tremendous. Yeah. Um, Can't go wrong with Clash. Nope. The Comet Energy. The only band the- that matters. No, exactly. The, on- the Comet Energy Efficiency <laughs> Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Herb, you bring up a very interesting point there by talking about the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. Mm -hmm. And ComEd, who runs that energy efficiency program, offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our beloved territory here in northern Illinois. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like those for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Very interesting, Vinny, but how does that work? Well... Wouldn't you like to know? I would. I, that's why I asked the question. <laughs> well, thankfully, thankfully, I've got it right here. Thank you. An authorized engineer will work <laughs> with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. And that checks out especially because I got the Hawks hat on today because good Hawks things are happening. So there you go. How about that? Uh, <laughs> Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you, Herb, or any of our listeners own a business, don't wait. Now, here is the CTA. The highlighted portion is that we all know as the Chicago Transit Authority. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. Is that comed.com slash powering biz? Herb, when you open up the internet mm-hmm. on your personal computer device, yep. you're going to go to the search bar and you're going to type HTTP colon backslash backslash www, which stands for World Wide Web, mm-hmm. dot comed dot com slash powering biz. So, go, so schedule it today. I'll go there right now. Mercy. You guys did a great job. Um, we also do have a AL All-Stars uh, or uh, uh, All-Star Starters, uh, the reveal show uh, coming up soon. So uh, we will I believe share, it's happened already. We'll, we'll share some, yeah. uh, some stuff from that. And before soon. you go to oh. your next read. Schwo, who's in our comments, I don't know if you saw the other day, Vinny got your shirt on Monday. Yes. It was great. Thank you, sir. And also, thank you. I loved it. I love, continue to love it. Dangerously close to pig time. (laughs) Four and a half games out, my friend. Dangerously close. Oh, the clock, the clock might strike pig. Uh, (laughs) So, no sock in 
the American League starting lineup. Ah, uh, I was uh, surprised that, by that yeah, one. First base, surprising. Yandy Diaz from the Rays. Second base, Marcus Simeon from the Rangers. Shortstop, Corey Seager from the Rangers. Uh, third base, Josh Young from the Rangers. Uh, catcher, Jonah Heim, Rangers. Rangers. Uh, yeah. Wow, the Metroplex showed up, didn't Mercy. they? Yeah. Uh, designated hitter, Shohei Otani. We talked about him earlier. Uh, he plays for the Angels. Yeah, he plays yeah. for the Angels. Okay. Outfield, Mike Trout plays for the Angels. Randy oh. Rosarina, Ra- Randy Rosarina uh, plays for the Rays. And Aaron Judge plays for the Yankees. Uh, wow. That's uh, the starters. They had a lot of Canadian uh, candidates to go there because the Toronto Blue Jays have a whole country behind them. They go over, though. Like in the finals, they had a lot of finalists oh, going oh, against them. Three, I got you. Yeah, okay. and then they lost every race. Damn. Hey, KPW. sorry, KPW. Oh, wait, wait, not to show up. Uh, you could have rallied Canada did you, yourself. Did you guys ever, when you were younger, like stay up all night doing the vo- all-star voting to stuff the ballot box for uh, any particular players? When, I, when we were younger, when I was younger, it was just the the hanging chads thing. You had to oh, actually the go to the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the online voting didn't start until I was at least. Of age, like I was 20 or something like that. Gotcha. So Herb was too busy drinking. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know if even White Sox were even worthy at that time. Maybe Frank Thomas and Paul Canerco, but I wasn't doing a lot of uh, voting at the on the online thing because I barely had a – we didn't have phones really with the online capabilities at that time. Yeah. I'm old. I, I love making a complete mess of all the, the little punch-out ballots. Like I, I had a little – So they're invalid? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I really wasn't kind of f- filling them out okay. for, for, for that. Um, yeah, I really was never compelled to, to get somebody voted in. Maybe Jake Peavy that one time. Take Jake. Yeah, take Jake. Yeah, take Jake. Um, that was punch AJ. Yeah. Punch AJ. Probably, I probably got excited for those, but that was about it. Did you want to add anything else? Well, I was just going to say when those those ballots at the ballpark, they were great. You would go in and you'd grab it and you'd be like, oh, man, this is cool. I get a, I get an all-star ballot. This is great. If I showed up to a game in June or something like that, and then you never had anything to poke out the d- dot, dots with. Because <laughs> no. what do you do? You're bringing a pencil to a baseball game? <laughs> Always. Like, so the best you can do is, you know. Get your key. Your, or your dad's car key yeah. and try to, try to get it out there. But that was usually too fat. That's. That's a problem. Didn't they have like little golf pencils to do scorecards? Actual place where you picked it up at, but everybody's using that. Oh. It's just one of them that's connected to the to the podium. Oh, damn. All right. Yeah, it's weird. I thought they were giving out those those golf pencils. No, like they were. I mean, free. Oh, if um, they were, they were just stolen by one person. <laughs> like they, you leave the Halloween candy out there for everybody, and that jerk kid just takes all the Somebody candy. Somebody just leaving with a jacket full of golf pencils. All yeah. Right. Uh, let's move on to the break so we can talk more about real stuff for the White Sox. Uh, get fit in the best sports gear around with our friends over at FOCO. They got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. And since it is baseball season, you can get fitted in Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. And they have uh, donated some lovely set decorations, um, mainly the one that is on the table right now is the Southpaw, the Southpaw one. Uh, FOCO has donated a, a few awesome pieces for our sets, so go show them some love at FOCO.com. That's F-O-C-O dot com, or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Uh, also, uh, neither of you wearing your Shady Rays because you actually can't see, like... The sun. The yeah, sun hasn't been see, out the last <laughs> couple days. You can't see, like, two feet in front of you. Um, but... You can take on the sun with gear built to last when it's out with our friends over at Shady Rays. They have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. 
Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, at ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Do it today. Thanks. Um, (laughs) All right, let's get into the big news. Uh, I see our guy Sam hanging out with us saying, can the Sox go on a run? Yes, because they're playing the A's, who are one of the worst teams in baseball, which is good. However, there's a mystery around who's pitching for the Sox this weekend. Uh, it was possible that Michael Kopech would be pitching on Sunday, but according to uh, Daryl Van Scowen and Scott Merkin, who are out in the West Coast, uh, it seems possible Kopech could skip Oakland. And right now it is TBA on Friday and Sunday. So what do we make of the current outlook for the Sox heading into Oakland? And I kind of phrased it, you know, like you mentioned the the, the batters needing to pick up the pitcher today, but mm-hmm. typically the pitchers have been picking up the hitters um, and the pitching has been the, the bright spot of this team so far, if you can even say that for a team that's 11 games under 500. But, I mean, this does feel like a series where the bats need to show up. There is no if ands butts or you know whatever about it um you know zach remiller needs to be a 400 hitter luis robert needs to continue to hit you know five home runs andrew benatendi needs to uh you know still be uh, uh having a, his red hot june hopefully ta adds on a couple more hits like this can't be all right who's our starter let's have you know a stopper come out here because it's really just up in the air on who's going to be pitching each and every day yeah, and I think that really ends up being the story of what happened today with Lance Lynn is he got he went six innings. He, he went six innings. They only needed to use three bullpen pitchers, uh, and those three bullpen pitchers didn't need to throw a lot of pitches today. Lance Lynn did a job because the White Sox might be going with two bullpen days in the next three games. Mm-hmm. Um, now, listen, you might you might look up and say, oh, you know, all right, well, it's the A's who you can throw whoever you want kind of against the A's and it's okay. You know, Pedro Grafola is going to lean on the last time that he had a bullpen day because it went very, very right for the White Sox in uh, Tanner Banks, Jesse Schultons, uh, getting that job done, go out and uh, do that tomorrow with uh, the, the Clevenger spot, so to speak. There's confidence there. We'll see if that's overconfidence because in addition to those two guys, he's also got Tuki Toussaint who's pitched pretty well and I believe only two outings since he's uh, joined the team, but Correct. two good ones and one very good one um, that, that showed some length as well. So that confidence is going to be placed on Sunday as well, it sounds like. We'll see. Maybe Michael Kopech goes, but it sounds like they'd like to avoid that. Um, we'll see. Uh, I, I, I would be kind of concerned over this whole Kopech situation just because it doesn't sound like there's a lot of details as to what's going on uh we're probably going to hear from Rick Hanna to be at the, toward the beginning of the next homestand and one of my questions is definitely going to be what is the strategy with Michael Kopech and why is there need 
needing to be a strategy with Michael Kopech. This this was supposed to be last year, mm-hmm. getting Michael Kopech's body ready to handle a season of work. Granted, he had some injuries that, that prevented him from probably throwing as many innings as they wanted him to. But at the end at the end of the day, that was supposed to be the warm-up, quote-unquote, warm-up season for him. And this season, he started with saying he wanted to throw 200 pitchings, pitches. or Innings. Uh, innings, thank you. They probably never intended for him to throw 200 innings unless he was doing really well and being really efficient with it but you know this is this was supposed to be the year in which he was able to handle that full starters workload we are now getting conversations about ooh he's he's feeling tired from Pedro Grafol he's nearing that uh career high in innings pitched or he's going to go over it here within the next few weeks why why is it still why is it still on, on such a strict watch? And if there's something physically wrong with him, that's a different story. But if there isn't, it seems like they're being proactive when that was maybe the job last year. I don't know. I would like to hear an explanation for this because the tweets that I read today from Merck and Daryl were, were – the quotes from Pedro were not terribly illuminating as to why when the division is within reach, when the all-star break is a, a little over a week away, do you need to be – playing with the rotation like this especially when you're down a guy uh, with Clevenger still on the IL and I think it's a weird thing like you were talking about Vinny that Michael Kopech who in the last couple outings has gone four innings exactly to maybe angle to a bullpen game for that one and they haven't said it but you know we're thinking and we're speculating on this Michael Kopech can give you four innings. We know that. And how, you know, he probably is a run preventer too when he is in those four innings. So he can give you four innings with only giving up two, three runs. You know, how he gets there is a little bit different. So if they're thinking about that, and if he's not like hurt where they're thinking, hey, he pitches, hey, it's going to be worse for him in the long run. If that is not the case, I won't. I don't know why he wouldn't pitch on Sunday. And to sweep, I mean, to think about a sweep is a little too much, especially on the road, especially in Oakland, because the White Sox have had troubles there historically. Even though this team is bad, it doesn't matter. I would say that, you know, you got your best pitch or well, one of your best pitchers going on Saturday, and Vinny uh, explained it right on Friday. You got that bullpen game where they should win that game easily. They got a pitcher going against them with almost a 70 ERA, but we've seen the that story before with the White Sox going against mediocre pitchers and getting. Uh, shut out by them so two out of three is minimum for the White Sox this weekend and I would expect Michael Kopech to post on Sunday because he can do exactly what a bullpen game can do for you and you got that day off on Monday and then if you need to get Michael Kopech rest you do it then with another bullpen game where Michael Kopech's spot comes up again before the all-star break what it sounds like is that he's only going to make one start in the next what two weeks yeah so Mm -hmm. I mean it works out perfectly I mean that's a lot of rest no, I mean, because it sounds like they're not going to start him on Sunday. If okay. they were not to start him on Sunday, then they he'll probably pitch against Toronto, I would guess, next week. Mm-hmm. And then that's his only start before the second, before the beginning of the second half. Yeah, mm-hmm. extended rest before his first start after the break. Um, so that's, I mean, it, it, it seems like they're probably just going to skip him on Sunday. Um, I agree with you, though. I mean, like, just one time through the order through Oakland wouldn't, wouldn't hurt, well, but, I feel. but – that that to me shows you that like oh he's only able to pitch four innings like why yeah i i don't like why i don't know why yeah like no i'm just i'm just curious i'm not saying it's anything nefarious or anything like that it's just there there there's there's an there's got to be an explanation behind a guy who 
if you would have told to said at the beginning of the year, at one point, Michael Kopech is going to be a guy who only is expected to give you four innings. Yeah, it's no, weird. of course not. That's he's he's expected to be a starting pitcher who can contribute just like any of these other four guys. Yeah, and you said the quote from Pedro uh, weren't too, wasn't too illuminating, uh, but quote uh, Kopech has gone out twice and given us four innings. He doesn't feel great, but he's grinding through. We want to get him to the All Star break. There's a good chance he's good, uh, but we got to prepare for that. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know what they're preparing for if he's not good. I guess, I guess that's that's a possibility. But, I mean, you see the last eight games, he's made 16 starts, an ERA of 247. I mean, like, I understand that the length hasn't been there in, in June. Seven innings, five innings, four and a third, four innings, four innings. But mm-hmm. also Miami, Seattle, Texas, L.A. What we've seen from Kopech, especially in these last eight games, has been a reliance on his fastball. You mentioned it against this last start in L.A., his breaking stuff really isn't that biting, mm-hmm. really doesn't trust his changeup, but his fastball is still elite. I feel like going up against Oakland, you could probably get by with just a fastball. So it has to be something physical, and I know we don't like to speculate, but if they are trying to get him extra rest and he's grinding through these four innings, I think it has to be physical related. Because, again, there is 119 pitches as his most in a major league season. He's right now at 86. I think his highest in the minors is like 135. He's not a real, or has not shown in his career a lot of volume before as a starting pitcher. Yeah, and and the thing too is Pedro has said multiple times this year, and I want to bring this up, that they intend to get some extra rest here and there for all the starting pitchers. Um, Certainly they've been forced into it with Mike Clevenger, uh, who's been out for a while now. but you might see it with, with Lucas where they skip a start or push him back a couple of days. Maybe you'd see it with Lance. Maybe you'd see it with Dylan. But we've seen it multiple times now with Michael. And I, I guess I'm just interested as to why he's – or I just want to hear them say why is he being treated differently than these other guys because there's no – you know, you wouldn't expect – them to do that the way they're about to line this up with Kopech where he's only going to pitch once over the course of two weeks maybe more because of the all-star break being in there they're not doing that with Lucas Giolito no they're not doing that with Lance Lynn or Dylan C so why why are they doing that with Michael Kopech I don't know right now and we'll we'll find out soon enough I'm the sure. questions that Sam and Brent Brett asked like what is the update on Mike Clevenger like the, the latest we heard is that so uh, at the end of the last homestand, Pedro was asked about both uh, Liam Hendricks and Mike Clevenger. Liam Hendricks hadn't begun throwing yet and wasn't expected to be back until after the All-Star break. The idea was that there was a better chance for Clevenger to be healthy before the All-Star break, but the idea that he's the time he's missed, they'd have to send him on a rehab assignment, you'd imagine, and build him back up to that starter's you know, six-inning, six, seven-inning workload that the time that that would take would probably it sounds like would push him back to after the all-star break as well, but we'll see but there. I haven't seen an update the last four days uh, in Anaheim on, on Clevenger either. And I don't think there has been one. The latest update was back on the 26th or so 25th. Um, so, and that was probably when you were in the clubhouse mm-hmm. hearing that from Pedro. So um, yeah, I, I don't think there's been any recent news on Clevenger. So um, assuming post all-star break for Clevenger would probably be the best assumption, but you know, we'll, we'll see. There's nine more games, so they might need a start here if, if Kopech is going to be limited. Yeah, and maybe that has to do some with some of the rearranging, you know, so nine starts. That means one for – or two for everybody but one. So is like these Friday and Sunday, these are going to be the bullpen days because they've 
made it so Kopech can't pitch. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not able to do the whole. We got plotting out in my head right now while I'm talking. But yeah, ESPN yeah. has this laid out, so obviously we can talk about it and, and move it around. But Friday TBD, Saturday Cease, Sunday TBD, Tuesday against Toronto Giolito, Wednesday against Toronto Lynn, Thursday July 6 TBD, Friday July 7th Cease, Saturday July 8th Kopech, Sunday July 9th Geo. Okay, well that's that hasn't been announced by the team, I would imagine, because I don't think they've said when Kopech's next start is going to be. Yet, right, but that's... Um, so yeah, that can get rearranged. Remember, there's an off day in there on Monday too. So um, I, I don't know exactly what to expect, but it it would seem to me that it's an over reliance on a, on bullpen days. I mean, even if you know, I to me, the continuation of using these quote unquote bullpen days to fill into the rotation would indicate that Clevenger should be back somewhat soon. Because what, you, what yeah. you're just going to go indefinitely with every, every five days you're going to use two long guys? like And then they're just that's two bullpen spots you just can't use until five days, four days later? That will be weird. Well, well and, also you're, and also you're carrying three long men in your bullpen, exactly. which, you know, kudos to the rest of the White Sox bullpen for being so good this year that there's not like a, a clamoring for, oh, my God, they need more guys. But – three members of that bullpen are are long guys like that's that's a weird thing you don't usually see very often so um and use real usually in those roles exclusively too like, right that's it like right. they're not coming in tater Biggs not coming in for one inning to just strike out lefties that's right. aaron bummer's job which he has been doing well yeah of late. but yeah so it there's going to have to be some sort of something after the all-star break in terms of addressing this rotation just be it Clevenger returns, or they need to figure out how to make it a little bit more regular with with that. Now, again, I'm not saying that the confidence isn't there. I, I think as long as he keeps seeing the results, Pedro's fine throwing those long guys out there, you know, every fifth day because they're getting the job done, and that's and that's what it matters at the end of the day. But that's asking a lot of those guys. It's asking a lot of the rest of your bullpen to d- get the job done and get it done efficiently on the other four days. How important is a sweep? in Oakland is it is it unrealistic to expect a sweep mm-hmm. it's very unrealistic I mean Oakland has won games right they haven't yeah. won they haven't gone over whatever how many games they played they've beaten teams they've actually beaten good teams they've beaten the Atlanta Braves one or two times so it's very unusual and especially with the whole history that the White Sox have in West Coast games in general and specifically in Oakland I wouldn't expect anything but a two out of three out there in Oakland if they get a sweep baby it'll be awesome for the White Sox and their uh, AL Central hopes but having two bullpen games I don't care if this is the Oakland A's it is a tough thing to do to beat a team at their home stadium especially if you're not throwing good arms at them like premium arms like they're going to do on Saturday with Dylan Cease. You're asking your bullpen to cover realistically more than 20 innings over the next three days. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, and unless Cease goes on an absolute tear um, and, and, and Cease can, you know, p- give you eight, I mean, that's that's going to be a, a lot of work for them to cover and uh, for, for them to do. Uh, hopefully the bats show up too. Uh, Medina, Caprillion, and Blackburn are the pitchers for the A's. Uh, we will be with you on Sunday, and then we have an off-day show on Monday. We have an off-day on the 4th, but um, – that will be the day likely that Rick would speak to the media would be the 4th. 4th of July? 
I mean, it's the first day of the next homestand. I'm sure. He, I mean, you know, it would be the third, right? That makes no there's, sense. There's no game. There's no game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, so yeah, yeah. Um, uh, maybe the third or fourth, maybe the fifth. Um, but yeah, we'll I just think, have to see how it plays out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they they win the next three, I mean, I I, th- I feel like it's going to be tough for him to be like, oh, probably going to be selling. You know, I mean, like that. It's it would it's, make the decision harder, obviously. But I mean, to use the words that he used, as I've brought up with Herb the last few nights, like. Winning the AL Central and being able to compete in the playoffs are are two different things in in the eyes of this front office. That's what they laid. That's what he laid out the last time he spoke. So um, going by going by that, does being within two and a half games of the Cleveland Guardians or whoever it might be uh, come Fourth of July make you all of a sudden able to uh, beat? Uh, beat an AL East team or beat the, this same Angels team should they sneak in as a wild card beat you know the Rangers team that they just struggled with the Red Sox team they you know that they just played does that make you able to, to take series from them I'm not sure absolutely um, we got a couple things to end the show with uh, you mentioned the uh, Hawks hat that you're wearing we do have a new Hawks shirt uh, for all the folks that are super excited about the future of the league uh, so go get your your 98 shirts over at chgolocker.com if you are a diehard too um, you do get a shirt when you sign up so if you do love that shirt and you know you want that to be your free shirt make sure you sign up over uh, at allchgo.com become a diehard today and diehards do get 20 percent off uh, our crosstown series takeovers i know our guy marco said he got his tickets so thank you very much we are in a competition between the cubs and so- our socks um we're trying to sell the most tickets or, or the, the the tickets are qu- the quickest yeah it's limited too um, guys so if you want them jump on them now i know you know paychecks are going to be getting up tomorrow right jump on it mercy don't cost that much you're a diehard you get a discount yeah 20 percent off you get the the shirt as well um you get your choice of either the cubs or socks ones and he asked if we would be at the meetups we will be um so we'll be out there on the 26th uh for out in uh, oak park at, at lovely uh gaelic park uh you know sean gaelic fits my homeland uh, out in Oak Forest uh, at the Clada or whatever it is. Uh, I got a, the Carrig. Which uh, oak the is it? Pug. Lawn Forest. Forest Park. Which Forest. one is it? Forest. 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 Okay, gotcha. Bad. I, f- I feel like I said all three. Um, but yeah, uh, make sure you're he- heading out on the 26th. We're very excited for uh, our socks portion of them are in August going to have the Cubs version as well. Um, but make sure you're heading over to CHGO uh, or allchgo.com to find the events page for that. Uh, and then we got two super chats here uh, from Schwo, our guy. Schwo! End of the show. Uh, thank you. Uh, end of the show. Vinny, concert rec, trombone shorty at Salt Shed, Friday, July 21st. Socks on the road. Could not recommend more. All right. All right. We're, we're, I'm scheduled to be a first-time Salt Shed visitor in August, but perhaps have to look into uh, making that making that happen Who earlier. Who are you seeing? Uh, Nathaniel Rateliff. Oh. In the night sweats. And, yes. The night sweats will too? be there. Okay. And shake them. Um, they gave a great national anthem, huh? The other day, I forgot what it was. I think it was for the NBA uh, Finals. First oh, time ever okay. hearing them. I was oh. like, they can harmonize. They're, that makes sense. They're a, a Colorado band. There you go. Denver's uh, very own. Schwo doubling up to saying, did we lose the Dane Dunning trade? Uh, I've been seeing this uh, narrative. It's called the Dane Dunning trade yeah. all of a sudden? <laughs> it's now called the Dane Dunning he's, trade. He's I thought there. it was called the Lance Lynn trade. Well, they're <laughs> dominating. Uh, so th- this is mostly coming up after Dane, D- uh, Dane Dunning's fantastic start uh, yesterday against the Detroit Tigers. Eight and two-thirds. Four hits allowed, two earned runs, 10 Ks, um, 100 pitches for Dane Dunning. I've seen this narrative a lot. I would just say that it was a win-now trade. 
Lance Lynn was supposed to boost the 2021 team, and, and they he won, did. And they won 93 yeah. games. <laughs> if, if Dane Dunning was on that team, they would not have won 93 games. And as ridiculous as this is going to sound, if Dane Dunning was on the 2022 Sox and Lance Lynn was not, uh, they wouldn't have won 81 games. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. Um, so I, I just think that, yes, right now it sucks to see Lance Lynn struggle and Dane Dunning do so well. But again, I do feel like the ERA, that number is just very unkindly to Lance Lynn. He said he made three mistakes today and all of them left the yard. It's true. I I do feel like he's had a really tough season, but I think the ERA just looks really ugly. But the pitcher himself, he's fine, and he's been a lot better than what Dane Dunning could give you over the past three years. And for me, I look at trades for what they are at the time, like what was needed at the time and what was projected for those guys. Um, Results of those trades, like people are kind of reacting to now, I think that's unfair to what Rick Hahn and what Chris Young have done. I thought at the time, I was like, baby, we're getting a top-of-the-rotation starter, which the White Sox did. And, yes, I'm going to miss Dane Dunning. I know one of these days, and I said it, I think, in a tweet, Dane Dunning will be maybe an all-star. He maybe do well in the league. But this is what the White Sox need right now. It was a move that was, like, I get on Rick Hahn all the time. It was the move that was needed for the White Sox, 100% needed. And I still am not 100% out on Lance Lynn. But the results are making this a little skewed because this year with the high ARA of uh, Lance Lynn, and Dane Dunning out there dealing, it looks like Dane Dunning is the better of the two pitchers. But I will not get on Rick for this trade or the Tatis trade. I'll get him on things where at the time I'm like, that is not a fair deal. We're losing this trade because we're giving away more than we're getting back. I don't think anybody at the time was like, why are we trading Lance Lynn for? Or why are we trading for Lance Lynn or Dane Dunning? I think that's when you got to speak up, when you're actually – at the moment and you're you're seeing what's going on and you could see what they're going to do in the future you can project what they're going to do in the future at that time you could say Rick Hahn messed up but three years after the deal I don't at least I don't judge trades that way Dane Dunning uh at the time that they traded him was a guy who had a hand a small handful of major league starts um and looked like maybe he could be something yes Lance Lynn was the ace of a staff one of the best pitchers in baseball and in the first year that he was with the White Sox he finished third in the Cy Young I I don't know I don't really know that's pretty good I've heard that what more you want me to say so uh you know he has obviously had his uh his rocky roads uh in the two years that followed that between the injury last year and uh what's going on this year with the results but um I don't think you can even give up on the 2023 version of Lance Lynn quite yet. Because we've seen him in this season look brilliant. And we've seen him last year, after struggling mightily, look brilliant in the second half. So I'm expecting, and Sean, like you said, maybe we're going to see better pinpoint accuracy from Lance Lynn later in the year. And then we're going to be like, remember when you guys were talking about Dane Dunning? Lance Lynn's out here dealing like a Cy Young Award winner. I don't know if we'll have that reaction because he has given up 22 home runs already. So it hasn't yeah, been he has, but the he ugliest. Can, Herb's saying he's not going to give up any the rest of the year. No. I mean, <laughs> it would be great if he wouldn't because 22 would be a lot for any year. <laughs> and halfway through the season, whew, friends, he is getting batting practice out there. Yeah, uh, and Pedro apparently called Lynn phenomenal today. I don't know if I, he, Calm he down. was phenomenal. Well, you got to oh, realize what Pedro. he's doing. To remember what I remember <laughs> what I just remember what I just said earlier, right? He did a very good job in in going 
the any amount of innings that he went, that is what Pedro is reacting to because Pedro is the one who's laid out the pitching plan for the next several days. Well, in the first time through the order, he gave up three home runs. So he's probably like, oh, boy. Uh, so then, you know, when he finishes the game and is, you know, doesn't give up any more homers, uh, hey, it, it, it probably takes a lot of uh, weight off Pedro's shoulders uh, in that moment, too. Uh, the Sox won the game. They did. Let's, let's not pick the nits here. Uh, they they didn't hit any homers, but it scored nine runs. So and Lance Lynn didn't give up too many homers. Gave up three, but it wasn't too many. Uh, so I will take the positives where they come. And uh, Sox, perhaps you're right. Uh, it's it's true that Sox might not walk into Oakland and outclass them for three days, but we did see a team last year still go into Oakland and give them the business. Um, Elvis Andres was really excited to play his old team. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, we might see a team that uh, is energized and excited to play Oakland. We'll see. Uh, Join us on Sunday. We'll bring you the post-game for the – and post-series recap for the A's and the White Sox. And then we'll also be with you on Monday, I believe, at 1230 for an off-day show. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Akronwell23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show and to Mike for helping out. And we will talk to you on Sunday. Go Sox.